Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. All right, let's do this. I've been okay. waiting two two days two days for this. So yeah, I'll throw you if you can't Saturday too. That's true. Right after I started like listening and catching up to a conference, the ones that I, the sessions that I missed on Saturday, I was like, okay, I'm ready to talk like right now. Like I just wanna I wanna start getting all my thoughts out and get this party started. There was so much, <laughs> so right? much that happened during conference this weekend. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I know that they said that the April 2020 conference would be a conference you would never forget, but I feel like <laughs> that, was not, <laughs> that was not it. It was one. That was the conference I'll never forget. That's okay. That works too. <laughs> like, they hyped up April 2020 too much. They should have been hyping up October 2020. Right. Well, and then it's just so interesting because I don't feel like anyone was really talking or considering conference. Like for me personally, I kept forgetting about it. But this year, like I wasn't seeing any rumors. I wasn't seeing like anyone saying like, hey, like be excited, like good things are going to happen and all the usual things. It was just like, oh, by the way, general conference, it's still going on. My friend talked to me two weeks ago and she was like, oh, yeah. General conference is the third and fourth. And I was like, oh, that's like <laughs> Wait, really soon. What? She's like, yeah, yeah, we should probably work on our questions, shouldn't we? And I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we should. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been six months already. It's weird. Yeah. Right. It's been such a weird year. And like, I mean, I kept getting reminded, but I still kept forgetting for some reason. I just don't feel, I feel like it came up under the radar. Um, and I don't know. It's just so weird. But yeah, like, I didn't know what I was going to get from this conference. Like, I was mentally more prepared to treat it as I did, like, when I was 18, like, kind of listening and kind of not. But as I got into it, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, how are, how did we not, like, get excited for, like, how could they not, like, mentally prepare us for all this great stuff that is being shared right now? But overall, like, it was just surprising. Okay, so the night before conference, on Friday night, I was talking to my sister, and she was getting so frustrated because there are so many people in her ward in North Carolina that are, like, super Trump supporters, super racist, and, like, saying all kinds of horrible things online. And she was like, I cannot handle the fact that all of this is coming from members. I'm so tired of it, and it's making me really, really hate being in the church because... All I'm seeing is all of the negativity and the opposition coming from members who are supposed to be like Christ and supposed to be better than this. And so then on Saturday, when that opening prayer happened and that apostle was praying for marginalized people, he was praying for leaders of the world to return to dignity and grace and praying that we could root out like bigotry from all of our hearts. I was like, this is going to be a powerful session. Mm -hmm. And then, like, from then on, it just, that whole first session just exploded, which we'll talk about later. But but it blew up. And then she said, after the first session, her timeline was silent. Like, the whole weekend, she said there were no posts from any of those racist, Trump-supporting members of her Mm -hmm. ward. And she was like, I think they all got the message, which... I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, because I mean, my concern is always like I I tend to try to see both sides of everything, and so I can see how basically how anyone can misconstrue a message to make it work for themselves, and yeah. that's always my concern. But I do feel that this conference they got a lot they got more clear about a lot of things that we need to be reminded of. No matter you know the whatever cause we support, it's like we are all children of our heavenly Father, and we need to be taking care of each other. Yeah, they were a little bit more specific and saying like, you're not just here to like give each other cookies. Like when one of you is, you know, struggling, it's to be going out and helping those who are disadvantaged mm -hmm. because they are worthy. That needed to be said. It was a great weekend. All right. So with that said, let's dive in. Yeah, we're going to dive right into October 2020 General Conference Review and get this going. For those of you that are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we wanted to explain a little bit about what General Conference is. General Conferences are the semi-annual worldwide gatherings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Church members gather to receive guidance and encouragement from church leaders about gospel living based on the teachings of Jesus Christ. And that comes directly from the church website, which is churchofjesuschrist.org. I don't know. I just feel like it's really important to reiterate a lot of the basics when we share and discuss certain topics here. And then one other thing that has been coming up a lot in my life recently and talking to some friends and family is the division between what is doctrine within our church and what is not doctrine. If it's just, you know, what's the word for it? Just like not doctrine. <laughs> if it's like teachings. Yes, if it's teachings, like, like kind of like personal beliefs, but like cultural beliefs, yeah. even though it's like not set in stone or anything. From the 2013 Ensign and how is doctrine established, it highlights an important point um, for us to, to keep in mind. But it says, the prophet and president of the church can receive revelation individually that becomes doctrine when it is sustained by the united voice of the first presidency and quorum of the 12 apostles. Um, I think with this, it basically is saying that like the prophet and the apostles at conference, they receive revelation that is specific to them and what the spirit is telling them they need to share with the church as a whole. However, it does not become actual solid doctrine until it is sustained by the prophet and the quorum of the 12 apostles and the first presidency. So when all 15 of them are in unison, they all essentially vote and agree on something such as the declaration that was shared earlier this year, the 2020 restoration declaration mm -hmm. or the family proclamation or like the official declaration about ending polygamy or restoring the priesthood to all members of the church. That is when it becomes doctrine. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it is simply inspired teachings. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Thank you. But yeah, I think that's really important for us to keep in mind as we do follow these teachings, as we do listen to our church leaders, to keep in mind what we're learning from them and what we are feeling through our um, through the Spirit who provides us our personal revelation as well. Yeah, and I think it's important to differentiate the two also because I know I've seen it a lot in like arguments from people that are like 
against the church, essentially, or getting ready to leave the church, that they can't accept the church as a whole because of the past teachings of presidents of the church, like Mm -hmm. the ones that spew very racist comments or very derogatory comments to marginalized groups of people. But as we are learning now, essentially through that little quote from the ensign, that Mm -hmm. that's not actual church doctrine, because if it was, it wouldn't change throughout time. The doctrine of Christ is always the same, and Mm -hmm. it never changes because it comes directly from Christ. The teachings of man, though they may be inspired men, you have to remember that they are just men, which means that they're fallible. They make mistakes just like the rest of us. So if you are on the bedrock of the prophets of the church are racist and I can't be a part of that because they used to teach racist things, then I understand that. And I'm not going to tell you that you're not allowed to feel like that or have that experience. But I also want you to remember that People are fallible. Even if you're called by God and even if you are set apart to run his church, you are still human and fallible and subject to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. The gospel is true. The doctrine of Christ is always going to be true. They are our prophets and they were called by God, but the things that they always say will not always be 100% true. And that's where prayer and personal revelation come into play. And that's why you need to decide for yourself Yes. after every conference if the things that you've heard is true. So, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we can help you with that today. (laughs) Yes. With that, let's go ahead and break down the sessions of conference and everything that we and you thought about all five sessions. Yeah. Let's do this. So we started again with a new format. So it was in the Conference Center Theater, which who knew that existed, honestly? Maybe, maybe, did they just create it this year or has it always been there? I feel like it has to have always been there. What did they use it for? I don't know. Anyways, it was cool. Cool. (laughs) Only the speakers and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Presidency were allowed in attendance. Mm -hmm. They were all wearing masks on that stage. And they were socially distanced, which I appreciated. That was very nice. And I thought it was really cute how Elder Gong pre-recorded his talk and stayed home because he came into contact potentially with COVID Mm -hmm. and didn't want to put anyone at risk. So I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, like, way to set an example. Like, just the example that Elder Gong set of, like, I may have come in contact with COVID. Yes, I have this obligation to speak at general conference, mm-hmm. but I am not going to show up and put people at risk. I am going to pre-record mm-hmm. and then I will stay home. Yes. When you're a leader, you have the obligation to set an example. And he's doing that by saying like, hey, like we need to consider what is going on in the world and be careful. And I mean, he did that, and then the other leaders did that by the social distancing and wearing masks, and saying, like, hey, we need to respect what is going on in the world, and we have to show our respect for one another. So even though we love each other dearly, we're going to be careful. I I just love that. The takeaway from this was that it's a great reminder that they're setting examples of taking precautions and showing respect and love for one another by socially distancing and by wearing masks, and that it doesn't matter where we are, but that conference can still happen without the large crowds and the large setting and the live music. Obviously, it's not their ideal. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like you could tell through some of the stories that they were sharing in conference. They were trying to tell jokes that would have hit really hard with a large crowd, but like 
yeah an option. and then there was silence and i yeah. felt so bad but i was laughing for them like <laughs> i felt it <laughs> like so oh. do we prefer conference this way i mean personally sure. not really i don't prefer oh, conference no? this way. i like having the crowds and i like having the loud music and the new musical numbers like i like that personally uh-huh. but i mean life is constantly changing and we yeah. need to be prepared to make those changes and accept mm-hmm. them as necessary. Exactly. All right. So let's move forward to new Templum announcements. They do that at the end, but we're doing that at the beginning. I'm going to butcher my yeah, pronunciation. I was going to say, this is all you, girl. <laughs> be ready. Okay. So it's Tarawa Kiribati, Port Vila, Vanuatu, Guatemala City, Guatemala, Linden, Utah, because there always has to be another one in Utah, Sao Paulo, East Brazil, and Santa Cruz, Bolivia. That is super exciting. Yeah. I'm so happy for like all these people. Like they need these temples and they're it's like I just know without a doubt that this is where the, the they need these temples right now, like and coming soon. So yeah, so the takeaway there is that the gospel work continues. Um, we're super excited for everyone who will have a temple closer to them. And there's still so many that are being worked on right now. And there's so many more to come. It's so exciting. The temple is a great blessing. And the prophets are working harder than ever to ensure that there are more of them that are now going to be accessible to us. All right. So let's move on to our questions from Instagram. So we got some responses from you guys and some multiple responses, honestly, which Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting. So for favorite talk this conference, October 2020, we got multiple responses saying Michelle D. Craig, her talk on Saturday afternoon. We got multiple responses saying Jeffrey R. Holland, which I mean is expected because honestly yes we can have favorites but we do have favorites and it's him yeah and then we got another response about dallin h oaks talk but which one um it was the the early the first one it's about being kind yeah it was it it was a good one and now we'll move on to the favorite story from conference stories are the best um we've got David A. Bednar's analogy of drifting in a current. That was my favorite story. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, Nice. Honestly, like, I loved that idea. He said, like, treading water. Even if you're treading water in a current, the current is going to take you somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, like, not making a choice is a choice, essentially. And I love that. Man, that was was so... Uh, that analogy was so important. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, so I love that he brought it up mm-hmm. um, for church members. Um, yeah, then there was Elder Stephen J. Lenn's story with his son of his son with cancer, um, how he was still going to church to serve the sacrament. That was really strong. I can't imagine going through all that with that stuff. Um, and then there was, <laughs> this one made me laugh. <laughs> so hard oh gosh jaggy's story of 2020 being the golden year and them all making t-shirts that said (laughs) (laughs) they were so ready it was so funny so hard okay Okay. but the thing is i've talked to so many people who are like 2020 is my year yeah i'm sorry But 2020 is a dumpster fire, and I don't know how to, I don't think we can fix it. It's unsalvageable. You know, when he said, like, 
his whole family, all of his siblings, everyone was like, it's going to be a golden year, blah, blah, blah. They're like hyping it up and hyping each Uh other up. I finished that talk by being like, it's his fault that 2020 is the way that it is. I feel like the main favorite is Elder Kelly R. Johnson swinging microwave story. I've seen so many, like, that's like the game that I've seen come out. Like, all the jokes about that are just like, oh my gosh, you guys. Yikes. All right. So then we're going to move on to conference traditions. What are your favorite conference traditions? So we got a lot of people said watching from a friend's house, which good for you. But I mean, maybe not I during mean, a pandemic, but also very yeah. good. Yes. This unique <laughs> conference tradition made me laugh so hard. And I love it. Um, it's from one of our okay. listeners, Macy Mueller. She said, taking a chicken nugget drive during the conference breaks. What? <laughs> Which, honestly, same. What? I love that. Heck yes. Okay, but are there, like, specific chicken nuggets that she gets? Or, like, any ch- chicken nuggets will do? I don't know. I like it. But there's a lot of potential with that, and I really appreciate that. All right. And we got another conference tradition who preferred to remain anonymous they said notes for days yes taking notes all the notes all right i like these traditions we did get a response to what talks do you do you read when you're struggling because i think it's also important that even as we have new talks on the new conferences that come up sometimes there are going to be such uh not just sessions but particular talks that we come back to constantly um because of how powerful they are. And we can see how they play a part just throughout, not just throughout our own lives, but like through other conference sessions and teachings and so on. Yeah, McKay Olson, thank you. Um, she shared The Great Commandment by Joseph B. Worthlin and No Less Serviceable by Howard W. Hunter. I have not read this in a while, but now I need to and yeah. I want to. Same. I like it. All right. Thank you guys for your responses. Um, We hope you enjoyed hearing from each other a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So what themes did we see in conference this year? Diversity, Mm -hmm. um, unity in Christ and with all people was another one that I really loved hearing about. Mm -hmm. I love that. So good. Then there's also pushing forward with faith. Mm -hmm. Just super important. The blessings that can come out of tribulation, which I definitely needed to hear about that Mm -hmm. theme a lot. Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah, especially like with this year, like I really appreciate how everyone's like, okay, yeah, this is hard, but it's not the hardest thing. Like we can do this. There are blessings. Hard things come, but so do good things. Yeah. So that was really good as well as preparation um, was a really strong theme on how we need to be focused on constant improvement and preparing for the future. Mm-hmm. And then the last overall theme, which I think ties in with pushing forward with faith and blessings of tribulation was the atonement. There were a lot of talks that focused on the healing and strengthening and enabling powers of the atonement. And I think that was a really good theme. You can never hear too much about the atonement. Let's be real. No. So we'll but, go ahead and dive in with our favorite talks by the session. Yeah. So we're going to start out with Saturday morning. Honestly, like the whole session was fire. It was so good from start to finish. One of my top five favorite talks of the whole conference. It was Scott D. Whiting's talk about becoming more like Jesus Christ and developing Christ-like attributes. And I really loved 
this first quote that he shared from Neil A. Maxwell when he said, As we ponder having been commanded by Jesus to become like him, we see that our present circumstance is one in which we are not necessarily wicked, but rather is one in which we are so half-hearted and so lacking in enthusiasm for his cause, which is our cause too. We extol but seldom emulate him. So much power to do good lies within our present circumstances that, alas, goes unused. So many opportunities go ignored that could bring to pass much, not a little, righteousness. And I loved that specifically because of the line, we extol but seldom emulate him. Not just as members of the church, but we as Christians are so quick to say like, well, Jesus said this or Jesus would say this if he were here, but then we don't actually put the action in behind the words that he would say. We say, Jesus said, love one another, but then we turn against one another and we hate one another. And so it's just that key of we need to stop simply extolling him, but we need to emulate him more. And then we'll be able to bring to pass more righteousness. Exactly. I absolutely love that. And his, I mean, honestly, yes, his talk overall was just amazing. And as he continued, I really appreciated how he talked about doing all, doing this, following him is supposed to bring joy and help us to remember how special we are. That that the commandment to be like, to become like him is not intended to make you feel guilty, unworthy or unloved. Our entire mortal exists experience is about progression, trying, failing and succeeding. You are good enough. You are loved. But that does not mean that you are yet complete. There is still work to be done in this life and the next. Only with his divine help can he progress toward becoming like him. And I really enjoyed that. We we are wonderful. We are amazing. We are good enough. And there's still more for us to do. I know a few people had concerns with some of his phrasing um, on the quotes that I shared. Um, but overall, from what I received from his message, it was that we are incredible. We are wonderful children of God, and there's still so much ahead of us to learn from and to do. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I saw similar arguments that his phrasing was quote-unquote problematic, but honestly, like, it's all true. We're good. We're good as Latter-day Saints, and we're good as members of his church and covenant-keeping people. We are loved. That love is not conditional, but we're not complete. We're not perfect. We're not there yet. We're not at the level of Jesus Christ, and we still have to make improvements. We still have things that we need to do in order to become like him. And I like that he explained that real progress requires sustained effort and sacrifice. Yes. And that if we want to become like Jesus Christ and we want to become complete like him, that we need to take real action and we need to continuously do it, not just like do it once and say, okay, I'm good, I'm done. But like we need to keep going. Yes. Learn how amazing I am and use my amazingness to continue to grow. He actually gives like manageable steps of things that you can do to improve. Mm -hmm. So when the talk comes out like in print format, I highly suggest you go back and read that because reading the words makes a bigger difference than just hearing it. So the next talk is by Michelle D. Craig. This one was about like seeing people deeply and seeing them for their potential and the way that Heavenly Father sees them and seeing yourself the same way, which I thought was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, the more you understand your true identity and purpose soul deep, the more it will influence your life. 
I love that. I Yeah, that is so great. And I think that is something that we especially struggle with in this day and age that we get so focused on everything else that it's hard to focus on ourselves and on our souls and our identity, like who we are at heart. Yeah. And she continued by also saying that being busy is not an excuse. Like there's no excuse to not actually work on this, which I loved. It's a good call out. Yeah. (laughs) She said, even in our busy lives, we can follow the example of Jesus and see individuals, their needs, their faith, their struggle, and who they can become. As with all gifts the Father so willingly offers, seeing deeply requires us to ask him and then act. It's more than just asking the Lord to see people the way that he sees them, but it's asking and then trying to do that and trying to make that effort to be merciful, to be kind, to see their potential, to see see them where they're struggling and to like meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Do what you can to serve them. Exactly. That's so important. Yeah. That one was good. And then uh, to finish off Saturday morning session was uh, Quentin L. Cook's talk. Unity. Unity was his thing, like everything about unity. And it was it, it was just so great. And I haven't thought about the term of unity in a while. So hearing his talk about it just was really great. He talked about how unity is enhanced when people are treated with dignity and respect, even though they are different in that word characteristics. I think it's easy for us to get carried away um, with a lot of things to forget how we really should be taking care of one another and um, embracing unity. He also said, unity and diversity are not opposites. We can achieve greater unity as we foster an atmosphere of inclusion and respect for diversity, which is something else that I think has needed to be said. Becoming one does not mean we are all the same. Yeah. It means that we find the puzzle pieces and fit them all together to build one thing. You need the different colors. You need everything to make the picture. As like, you know, at least I'm trying to go into HR and like talent development Yes. as my career. And the big thing that is being discussed right now in the HR community is diversity and inclusion. And the idea of creating not only diversity, like diverse candidates and diverse employees from multiple backgrounds, whether it's racial, religious, socioeconomic, everything, but also fostering an environment of inclusion. And one analogy that keeps being brought up is that diversity is like being invited to a dance. So you're welcomed to the party. Mm-hmm. But inclusion is asking that person to dance. Oh, I like that. So okay, if we're just focusing on diversity, then we're just focusing on leveling the playing field and welcoming all people, which is great. But if we want to go the next step, which would be inclusion and unity, we need to bring them into our network and we need to let them know that they are loved, they are cared for, and they are heard no matter who they are, where they came from, or what they did in the past. And I think with Elder Cook talking about unity with Christ, he really hit the nail on the head by saying that like unity and diversity are close together. They are practically Mm -hmm. synonyms. Like we can celebrate each other's differences, but we can all unite under the banner that we are children of God. Yes, I, I just love that. 
He also says, with our all-inclusive doctrine, we can be an oasis of unity and celebrate diversity, which yeah. is really just another reminder of saying, like, unity is good, and we should be celebrating diversity. We should be celebrating our differences. Like, it's we should not have to hide who we are and uh, ignore uh, the parts that we don't like about people because we do need a lot of that. Like, we, we need to know, we need to experience diversity and celebrate it as we try to become united. We have to remember also that our church is a worldwide church. Mm -hmm. It is not just the United States of America. And so this is a message to everyone. Like we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we are worldwide. We have doctrine that comes from Christ that is truly all-inclusive. And Mm -hmm. if we are not exemplifying that fact, then we are failing as disciples of Christ. We need to be the ones that are upholding that banner of unity and celebrating diversity. Those are some of our favorite points (laughs) from the Saturday morning session. We could basically talk about the whole thing, Um, but we'll go ahead and move on and discuss Saturday afternoon session. This one was another one of my favorite talks, again, like top five. It was by Matthew S. Holland. And it was him talking about the atonement of Jesus Christ and how it can reframe and rebuild us when we are going through trials and make us stronger and better and more like him. So he said for the first thing is we must never forget that the purpose of repentance is to take certain misery and transform it into pure bliss. Continuing with that, he also says, regardless of the causes of our worst hurts and heartaches, the ultimate source of relief is the same, Jesus Christ. And I really love those two quotes because repentance and the atonement of Jesus Christ and just relying on Christ will transform that hurt and misery into pure bliss, joy, and happiness. And one thing he said towards the end of his talk was he referred to Revelation chapter 7, when John the Revelator saw like all of those people arrayed in white at the feet of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and someone asks John, like, who are those people? And John said, oh, those are the people who have suffered much tribulation, but have washed their garments clean in the blood of the Lamb. And so mm-hmm. just remembering that and hearing that your trials and your pain and your sins and your afflictions and everything can be made clean can be made white again, and you could be one of those chosen people at the last day standing at the feet of Jesus Christ. So just Mm -hmm. like keep going, keep pushing forward. It was so good. Um, So that was a good talk. And then so was Elder Garrett W. Gong's talk. Um, So he said, as disciples of Christ, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time, uh, essentially by living and sharing the gospel. Um, And then he talked about how the contributions of each individual and the service of the Lord are valuable by saying, as we hearken to the Lord's spirit of prophecy, we can become in our own way part of the fulfillment of his prophecies and promises, part of the gospel blessing of the world. And I I love that just because it's something that I've been trying to work on lately on how I can be more Christ-like through actions. Like, I mean, yeah, that's like what we're told, but like how, what can we really be doing? What can I really be doing? And I love his reminder that we change it from the inside out one piece at a time. His talk was great. Okay. And so the last one we wanted to talk about from Saturday afternoon was 
Dieter F. Uchtdorf. I feel like Elder Uchtdorf has the ability to say what needs to be said, whether it's hurtful or not. <laughs> but he says it in a way that is so joyful and beautiful mm-hmm. and we just love it. And so yes. we're like, you know what? You called me out hardcore, but I'm okay with it because you mm-hmm. said it. Like, <laughs> Amen to that. All right. So he talked about enduring and suffering trials and building your faith. He talked about a lot of things, but it was all great. He said that Heavenly Father knows that we suffer. And because we are his children, he will not abandon us, mm-hmm. which is so important and so comforting. Yeah. So this next quote was really big for me. Okay. So he said... Focus on the things you can do and not on the things you cannot do. Muster your faith and listen for the guiding word of the Lord and his prophet to lead you to safety. So I really love that quote because for the last, probably the last three or four months, mm-hmm. now let's be honest, all of quarantine, let's go all the <laughs> let's way real. Uh-huh. Let's be real, honesty time. Been on this job search for months. But mm-hmm. over the last few months, I specifically have been getting the impression to like, calm down and do what I can and do what is in my power mm-hmm. and I petulantly okay. am like no <laughs> so I... I'm like no I'm gonna do everything and I'm gonna mm-hmm. make things happen and just like being obnoxious yeah I don't know how the Lord deals with me sometimes but hearing that from Elder Uchtdorf was a good reminder that like I need to focus on doing the things that I can do like I can mm-hmm. work on the podcast I can yeah. work on my resume to an extent I can try to develop new skills things Mm -hmm. I can't do I can't make someone pull my resume I can't make someone offer me a job I can't do any of those Mm -hmm. things so I just need to focus on the things that I am able to do the things that I can control and the things that are within my power and just let the Lord handle the rest agreed so now we are moving on to the women's session yes literally I was just so impressed by Saturday in general it was an amazing day. Normally, and you know this, I've said it before, Saturday is usually the day that I want to skip because I'm either working all the time or I'm just not as interested in the Saturday sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's Saturday, so it's like already we're just like, this is our weekend. Like, we don't really want to be doing this. But this time, Saturday was fire. Like, yes. So the first amazing talk was by Sharon Eubank, which mm-hmm. I think her talk was the first talk in the session, too. I think so. She was talking about unity and she talked about the um the rowing team that had perfect yes. swing because they were in perfect unity. That was a great story. Um, mm. But she said, unity doesn't magically happen. It takes work. It's messy. Sometimes it's uncomfortable and it happens gradually when we clear away the bad as fast as the good can grow. I love that. And I feel like that the theme of like learning to be uncomfortable was actually another theme for general conference this year. It's like, yeah, these like times like this can suck. Like we're not always happy and things are really hard. Like we're going to be uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. that's okay. We need to do this. I loved it. It was so good. Mm -hmm. And I loved how she also said, I can't remember the exact quote, but she was like, this is not the kind of world that I want to live in. (laughs) Like this, like just, straight calling it out just being mm. like I don't like what's going on right now I do not like it <laughs> right I love that I love that she was honest about it instead of being like the things that are happening are great and they're for our refinement she was like no this mm-hmm. straight up <laughs> it sucks <laughs> I'm gonna go home <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, she's great. Honestly, brutal honesty is sometimes what we need in the church, and I like that. Yes. And then so she gave a great talk, and so did Christina B. Franco. Yeah. Um, she said a lot of great things about our building our relationship with Jesus Christ, which is something that I'd been wanting to work on personally. So her talk really spoke to me. And she said that as we come into Jesus Christ by exercising faith in him, repenting and making and keeping covenants, our brokenness, whatever its cause, can be healed. And she continued saying this process, which invites the Savior's healing power into our lives, does not just restore us to what we were before, but makes us better than we ever were. Yeah. I love it. It's like going through the refiner's fire. But at the heart of everything, at the heart of this gospel, is building our relationships with Jesus Christ and bringing him into our lives. And I I love that. And I especially loved it that she used the player piano analogy, how like she and her husband Mm -hmm. bought that piano and then it fell when it was being transported in. And her husband was just like, no, just repair it and we'll take it. And the piano people were like, no, it will never sound the same. And I think that her saying that like, yes, like the piano can never be the same again. It can never work the same way again, but we're not pianos. Like we can be fully healed by the Savior he will make us whole again and he'll make us better and he'll make us stronger than ever before. That's the thing too, that like, we're not meant to be the same. We're Mm -hmm. meant to be growing like every crack in our veneer. Like that's going to happen. Like we're going to struggle. We're going to fall. We're going to break sometimes. What should, what we want to try to do and make happen next is bringing Jesus Christ into our lives. He is our loving savior, the redeemer, the master healer and faithful friend. And I love her bringing in those terms to remind us, like when we are whole again, we're not gonna, we're not going to be the same. We're supposed to be changed. We can't be whole again if we were never broken in the first place. Her talk was amazing. So then Henry B. Eyring's talk also in the women's session was amazing because he talked about the power and importance of women in building Christ's kingdom and the future, essentially, mm-hmm. of the world. And one thing he said that really hit me hard was, as the beloved daughters of Heavenly Father and as the daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom, you will play a crucial part in the grand times ahead. And I loved that. I loved seeing and hearing from him that we're not going to be taking a secondary role. We're not going to be off on the sidelines. Like we will be crucial and instrumental with Christ. Mm -hmm. I think that was, yeah, that was very important for it to be reiterated and saying like, hey, like, We don't just keep you around because you look pretty and so that you can give birth to our children. Like, that's not what you're here for. Like, we need you because you are vital. Like, there is no comparison to the gender. Like, we all have so much work to do and we need to work together for that. It's like the unity. Like, Heavenly Father's daughters and sons have to do something and... We have particular gifts and we have roles to play and we need to do what we can. And one of the gifts that he was talking about specifically was our gift of diffusing contention. So he said, Heavenly Father's daughters have a gift to allay contention and promote righteousness with their love of God and with the love of God they engender in those that they serve. I mean, let's be honest. If anyone is going to be breaking up a fight, like really diffusing a situation, it's going to be a woman. Yeah, pretty much. It is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure people on here that are listening that are like, no, men can diffuse situations too, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay, sure, you can. But when you were a kid, 
Who broke up fights between your siblings, your mom or your dad? Mom. Nine yeah. times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Who did it more effectively, mom or dad? I mean, I, my parents are great, but, like, my dad would just be like, oh, knock it off. And then my mom would come in and be like, I'm sorry, wait, what is going on? Like, you yeah. guys, come on, let's work yeah. this out. So we tend to have certain abilities because we see the world a little bit differently. And we tend to get taught um, in the same way of our our mothers, particularly, because of that, that gives us the gift of um, helping people out and get and allaying contention. Yeah. I just loved his talk. And my friend actually pointed this out on Sunday night. This made me like equally laugh and be like, who? So she said that she noticed that President Eyring said, I don't always see the future, but. And then like went on with the rest of his statement. And she was like, she was like, wait, does that mean, does that mean he's had visions of the future? Does that mean that President Eyring has that gift of like visions and stuff like that and so I was oh my like gosh. on one hand I started laughing but then I was like uh what what if he does what if, what what does he know Elder Irene so yeah that was a little fun little thing oh my gosh that's a funny catch okay nice. um but yeah so that was a great talk and then of course our prophet Russell Nelson he did great I liked how he talked a lot about how we have to prepare. He shared the stories of how Captain Moroni was preparing his people in essential ways. First, he helped the Nephites create places of security within Bakeman's forts and walls. And then it was like a place of security is anywhere you can feel the presence of the Holy Ghost and be guided by him, including the home, the temple, and fallen councils of local leaders. And that was actually like one of my favorites. Like when he said that, I was caught by surprise, mainly because... I, I know it's going to be a generational thing, um, but I feel I feel like millennials kind of came about with the term of a safe space, and that gets mocked. Um, yeah. But I do find something like that very necessary. Like as I'm preparing to move and stay with my family, like I do want to make sure that I can have a safe space where I am at and everything. So I I just loved um, having a place of security. And then he also talked about how Moroni prepared the minds of the people to be faithful unto the Lord. I just really like that because, like, you you need to be regularly immersed in the gospel and the teachings um, to build our faith and everything so that we can receive more revelation, which will bring forward uh, increased direction and boundless gifts of the Spirit. And then he also talked about how even as you build up and, you know, like, finish a few things, like you can't stop like just because you have one good fort does not mean you're totally prepared for anything you need to constantly be preparing mentally physically spiritually and so he said that the more self-reliant we are temporally emotionally spiritually the more prepared we are to thwart Satan's relentless assaults so yeah we need to have those safe spaces we need to be faithful and regularly immersing ourselves in the gospel and we need to be doing this constantly. Yeah, I loved that talk. It was, it was great, and I really enjoyed it. All right, so now we're going to move on to Sunday. Yes, we finally got through Saturday because it was a load <laughs> of was a lot. joy. So the first talk that I really loved in Sunday morning was Lisa L. Harkness's talk. She used the analogy of, not the analogy, she used the story of Christ calming the seas and all of the apostles like freaking out while Jesus was napping below in like the cabin and how they knew they knew what to do in the case of like an emergency on the water. They were fishermen. Mm. They had a sure knowledge of what steps they should do to handle. And yet 
everything they were doing was failing and they were just desperate for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that, you know, there are times when we are crying out, like, help me or like, save me or any of those other like, pleas for assistance to the Lord, not realizing that we can do a lot on our own, Mm -hmm. and then trust that the Lord has our back. And so she said that we really need to focus on building our faith in Jesus Christ and having firm roots in him. So one quote she said was, regardless of our circumstances, we can intentionally make efforts to build and increase our faith in Jesus Christ. Certainly, the Savior of the world understands our mortal limitations, for he teaches us to feel peace and calm even when the winds blow fiercely around us and billowing waves threaten to sink our hopes. It's so true. It doesn't matter what is happening in our life. Like, we have no excuse to not be making efforts to build our faith and to increase our faith in Jesus Christ. The Lord really does understand everything about us, and he will continuously give us peace and hope even when crap is happening around us that is beyond our control. Yes, that was that was such a great point to share. Like, we, we need to be working on that, and we need to understand and accept that, yeah, hard things are going to happen, but we can still be doing something through that and be prepared when the time comes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the last quote that I want to share from this talk is really good. I loved it. She said, our faith increases as we choose to believe rather than doubt, forgive rather than judge, and repent rather than rebel. A lot of that depends on us making efforts to improve ourselves and to look at how we are and where we are on our journey and just improve instead of pointing fingers at other people around us. Agreed. I really like that, especially the word that she uses is choose, because it's it's an active term. It's it's an action that we have to take intentionally. I've been thinking about the word intention for the last couple of years because I think uh, Nelson has talked about intention quite a bit, and it's just stuck with me that everything we do must be intentional. We are not going to get it to happen by accident. Everything we do has to be purposeful and intentional. And as we do that. As we do act intentionally, good things will come. Our faith will increase. We'll be able to do more and to do better as we proceed forward. Exactly. I loved that talk. I thought it was so great. It helped me to like frame my mind a little bit differently. So mm-hmm. I really love that talk. It's so good. Yeah. Yes. Um, then our last favorite talk for <laughs> Sunday morning session was, of course, another one <laughs> by the prophet, President Nelson talked a lot about letting God prevail in our lives, which which I really enjoyed. And he said that the that the Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. The Lord is gathering those who will choose to let God be the most important influence in their lives. And then he added that when your greatest desire is to let God prevail, to be part of Israel, so many decisions become easier. So many issues become non-issues. And I I just really love that because, again, it's talking about intention. It's about choosing to believe certain things so that our faith can increase. And as we build up the bedrock, the foundation of our own personal faith and our values, then, yeah, a lot of our decision making is going to become a lot easier. And there's going to be so many things that are like we don't even have to worry about them. Yeah, 
I love hearing that the Hebrew meaning of Israel is let God prevail because it changes things from just thinking like, oh, we're doing missionary work. We're trying to gather Israel to this is for everybody. Like this is for people that are members of the church who need to let God prevail in their lives. This is for people who are not members of the church who want to learn more about letting God prevail in their lives. Like this is for people here on earth. This is for people beyond the veil. Like it is for everyone. I just think it's so powerful to think that when you do let God become the number one most important thing in person in your life, that those issues that you may have had or those like lists of things that are a problem for you just kind of evaporate because you know that the Lord is going to take care of it no matter what. It's so good. Okay, then he also shared that each of us has divine potential because each is a child of God. Each is equal in his eyes. The implications of this truth are profound. So as he talks about how we're all part of Israel, he does give us, give us a few reminders, very powerful reminders that we need to remember that we can all be part of Israel and mm-hmm. everyone has the right and the opportunity and deserves to be um, part of Israel. I, I got super emotional when he talked about it because we need to be hearing this in the church. We need to be hearing this around the world. And I love that President Nelson was able to bring some of those to light. He said that God does not love or favor one race more than another. I assure you that your standing before God is not determined by the color of your skin. Favor or disfavor with God is dependent upon your devotion to God and his commandments and not the color of your skin. And he went on to say that today I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all God's children. We need to be calling out things like that. We need to consider that we are a part of Israel and it is only when we are united, accepting and celebrating diversity through that, that we can be the Israel that God knows that we can become. That is very key in letting God prevail in your life. If you are unable to let go of that foolish tradition of racism and prejudice and bigotry, then you, I'm sorry, you do not have any part in God's kingdom. Because President Nelson very clearly said it does not matter. Or or disfavor with God is dependent on your devotion to him and his commandments. Period. Period. And we, we don't have any right to treat one another with such disregard and disrespect. Getting off with a very, very stark point um, for the Sunday morning's session. Now, finally, we have Sunday afternoon session, our last mm-hmm. one, with more great talks. It was, <laughs> <laughs> again, the whole session. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so first we're going to go back to our our favorite from last conference was Gary Stevenson, and um, he hit another home run this oh. time. He said something that really, like, hit me hard. He was talking about 1 Nephi chapter 1, verse 1, the very first verse of the Book of Mormons. So I love that he said that even in times of affliction and disappointment, they do not change the watchful eye of the Lord as he favorably looks upon us and blessing us because we are highly favored of the Lord. I love that. Just that whole knowledge of finding joy and blessings amid our trials and our afflictions and our struggles is so important for us to be able to endure them the way that Heavenly Father needs us to be enduring them. If we're going to truly be enduring with faith, then we need to remember how blessed we truly are, even in our struggles. 
Amen to that. One of the things I truly love the most about the church, um, about my faith and everything, is that we believe that God is a loving God. And for Gary Stevenson to remind us of this, that the Lord blesses us, that we are highly favored, is such a beautiful reminder that we are worthy, that we are his children, and he cares for us. And if we can follow him, then we will be with him and like him for eternity. And it is just beautiful. Yeah. And then going on with that, like there is still things that we need to do, of course, and to for our lives and to better understand God. And Dale G. Renlin's talk was one that I thought highlighted that really well. His talk was, I feel like the one that talked the most about mercy um, and justice. And mm-hmm. he he just made some wonderful points that I really enjoyed. He shared Micah, the this verse in Micah chapter six, verse eight, uh, where God has shewed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. And he said that if we turn our hearts to God, salvation from spiritual death is available to all through the atonement of Jesus Christ by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. So he's saying that there is always hope, that there is limitless mercy, that we should be delighting in mercy and embracing it. One of my favorite points he shared was that God does not limit his mercy. Like, he's not going to just say, you you've, you had three chances and you're done. Like, no. Like, you, you're going out, to, out of darkness because you're not worthy. That's, yeah. that's not what, what is going to happen. God has limitless mercy, and he is there to to love us and support us throughout this life of tribulations. And it's a reminder that we need to be doing the same, that we're not here to um, just to judge one another. Like we're here to be merciful and helpful to one another. I loved what he said, but at the same time, a lot of what I got out of it was what I felt shared to my soul. But honestly, like this talk really spoke to me in a way that really reminded me that God is there for us and he loves us for who we truly are for our hearts, for our souls. He doesn't hate us. He's not going to judge us like people on earth do. I can't remember if it was him or if it was somebody else that said like that same mercy that we are so grateful the Lord bestows upon us. We have to remember the Lord bestows upon everybody. Mm -hmm. And that if we want to truly appreciate the mercy that God has for us, we need to extend that same mercy to all of his children. It's so important, though, because how can we truly appreciate God's mercy if we cannot do that ourselves for those around us? Mm -hmm. Like we can't truly appreciate it without understanding both sides, I think, of giving mercy and accepting it. Yep. And so I just really enjoyed Renlin's talk there. And so the last talk we want to share with you is Elder Holland's talk. It was so much. It was so Uh, much. Like we, we find a lot of quotes uh, for this and honestly, we might as well just shared the whole talk. Yeah. One of our friends that evening posted on Facebook, Holland talks, me cries. I was like, (laughs) yeah, that's exactly what happened. One of the first quotes Holland shared was, Our prayers are heard and they are answered, though perhaps not in the time or the way that we wanted, but they are always answered at the time and in the way an omniscient and eternally compassionate parent should answer them. Faith means trusting God in good times and in bad, even if that includes some suffering until we see his arm revealed in our behalf. It's something that we talk about a lot is, you know, every prayer is answered, but sometimes, you know, it takes a while to get an answer. And sometimes it's not the answer that you want and it's not in the timing that you want it, mm-hmm. but the answers always come. Agreed. Exactly. There, 
it, it makes such a difference and we just need to be willing to endure to the end basically to to try a little bit harder to accept that the struggles are going to come and do what we can through them Holland shared that the path to holiness and happiness here and, and hereafter is a long and sometimes rocky one. It takes time and tenacity to walk it. But of course, the reward for doing so is monumental. He said the blessings will come to those who hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That issue was settled in a very private garden and on a very public hill in Jerusalem long ago. It's beautifully said, and it's such a re- an important reminder that, I, I mean, personally, I forget about it. I'm like, yeah, I just have to endure, like, and get get to get to eternity like i have to just get through this and then i forget about the reward um and about the sacrifice that was required to do that i get so focused on my own journey that i don't always remember why i'm even doing it and holland did a great job in reminding me at least i love that all right, and so the last quote that we want to share from Holland's talk before we <laughs> just do the whole thing over again. Um, he said, Christianity is comforting, but often it is not comfortable. Okay, so as a kid, I thought everything I heard in church was doctrine. I thought everything was meant to be the way it was, and that even the way people acted through things were meant to be. Um, even as I personally struggled with some of the way that people talked to me or the way that some people said things and and so on. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that we still interpret things a little bit differently sometimes. And that's OK. That We're supposed to be able to receive personal revelation. And through those struggles and figuring out what is true for ourselves and learning um, through that people, you know, are fallible. Um, but while the gospel is not, it's. It's not, it's a very, it tends to be a very bumpy ride. It's not going to be always comfortable. Yeah. And personally, like, to me, that's one of the reasons why um, I wanted this podcast to exist because it's a very complicated and messy journey that we are on. That just because we're members of the true church doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. And I think that leads us perfectly into what our conference takeaway was. Honestly, like just from that last bit that you just shared, Kaylee, I feel like that hits everything on the head. Like, I feel like this whole conference was about improving ourselves in order to bring about the most good. Like Mm -hmm. we heard so many speakers talk about taking hard looks at ourselves, um, evaluating where we are on the journey to becoming like Christ, working with him to make necessary changes to improve and then outlining steps in order to do so. If we are so focused on pointing out what the church didn't say, rather than focusing on what was said to each of us individually, then we're kind of missing the whole point of conference. We heard countless times that diversity and unity are closely tied to one another, that we can celebrate our uniqueness while dispelling prejudice and racism under the banner of Christ. We heard that our lives are meant to be hard but that we can endure joyfully knowing that the Savior is preparing us to be with him if we're faithful, that though we suffer a lot of trials, unfairness, and pain, we can be healed through the atonement of Christ and not just healed but made new and better. And then this is the big one. We need to decide if we're going to let God be the number one most important person in our lives or not. There is no more room for putting him anywhere else in our lives and we need to be identifying ourselves as children of God first and then everything else second. Yes. I love I love how that got emphasized quite a bit. Like that's what we need to be focusing on the most. And like you said, we can focus on what was not said, but 
what was said was still important. There's a lot that we can gather from what they literally said as well as the impressions that we received on how to be better. When it comes to general conference, it's the, they're giving us the, the base attributes and I mean, occasionally there's a new program or a new proclamation, but overall um, they might not get as specific as we'd like to because they're still being as clear as they can be without telling us exactly what to do, which is not something that they're supposed to be doing to a certain, like to a wide extent. Like they're not going to tell us how to vote. They're not going to tell us what kind of jobs we should have. They're not going to tell us how to live our lives that much. They're going to be telling us how to draw closer onto Christ. This is an opportunity to educate ourselves about what they're saying. We need to gain the knowledge for ourselves to understand these issues and take the actions that we best can for ourselves in our own lives. And the way I kind of saw it was that during the conference is that they were basically letting us choose our weapon for our simulation in life. But the thing is, even as they gave us our options, we still need to pick one um, or pick all the ones we want to have and then construct them for ourselves so that we can take action with them. You know, I remember seeing on Twitter that people were unhappy on Saturday specifically that no one said, like, here are specific things that you should do to dispel racism and prejudice. Okay, yeah, I understand being frustrated and upset about that. But at the same time, like, we have never been told in conference specific things that we have to do in order to do something. Yes, when they said, like, we need to do food storage. They never said like, okay, so here's what you're going to do in order to get a food storage or a year supply of food. They never list specific things. That is our job. You Mm -hmm. are supposed to take what they said at conference, pray about it, and figure out what you can do on your own to make certain things happen, whether it's improving yourself, improving the world around you, or whatever. Like, It is all up to you to decide how that works best for you. One of the things that actually came to mind as well is that some of these things I didn't think would relate to me. Um, but going through it again, I was like, why wouldn't it relate to me? Like, even if I don't think that's the strongest thing for me to be learning from, I can still be doing better. Like, just because we don't think the message relates to us, it probably still does to a certain extent that we're not considering. And so one of the things that I've already started doing with my prayers, um, because I do want to read through this channel conference again to learn more. I want to see how I can better relate to these talks, how I can better learn from them, because there's going to be something from every talk that I can learn from. And it's important that we take everything that we can from John Conference and that we don't just pick and choose. Even though we picked our favorite slash our favorite talks, <laughs> that's okay, because we're still learning from all of them. We took our notes for everything, and there's still for us, there's still plenty for us to continue to learn from in these talks. Because we can rewatch them, we can listen to them again, we can read them once you know they're actually finally put out. They might be already put out by now. I don't know. Not I haven't yet. checked yet. No, okay. The the point is that there's still so much for us to be learning and to be doing, and it's important that we take what we can and apply that to our lives yeah so to wrap this whole long episode up we We want to invite you to continually review the talks that were shared this weekend find a way to share the things that you learned with other people, whether it's like in a discussion with a friend, a conversation, and if your ward is doing come follow me chats, talk about that there. Like do just discuss it. Um, and then write down what your impressions were about conference in a journal or somewhere that you'll be able to look at it more regularly. Mm-hmm. Because the more that we are able to learn and understand from this conference, the better off we'll be in the long run. 
Also, learn more about what has been discussed. Dive deeper into the doctrines if you are confused about something. Ask mm-hmm. the Lord to make things clearer to you. Mm-hmm. Dive deeper into knowledge and build action plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that I really was thinking about as conference ended. We, yeah, we need action items and we need to plan to, to improve ourselves to apply what we learned. Yeah. We're not all the same. We all have different talents. Um, we all have different abilities and struggles, weaknesses and strengths that can be put to use. And the Lord's not going to say everyone do the same thing. No, it's going, it's up to us to take the action, to ask for revelation and for guidance, and then to apply that to our lives in the way that we can best do that to help ourselves and one another. Exactly. Yeah. Take time, review conference, review your notes and figure out what you can do. Yes. We can do things. We just need to try a little bit. So I know we're going to try it so you guys can do it too. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yes, thanks for joining us. So enjoy. Bye. Bye.